0: Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So when we take a step back and examine our lives in a big picture kind of way, what you're going to find is in comparison to the history of the world, and even in comparison to most of the world today, the truth is, we're all basically living the lives that everyone else longs to live. Or we simple, normal, ordinary people right here in Great Bing, Kansas, are in a sense living everyone else's dream. to see this just at a base level. Most of us have access to all the food that we want. With our biggest problem, not if we are going to eat, but how do we stop eating all of this delicious fatty food? Most of us have access not just to one car, but two, three, even four cars, which to us seems normal. It's the way the world's supposed to work. But according to the latest numbers, only one in six people on the planet have access to a car. Only about 17% of people in the world are able to take for granted having their own form of transportation. And not only do we have food and transportation, but we have homes to live in. That's right, we got these safe places to live, which also come with heaters and air conditioners to keep us comfortable no matter what is going on outside. Then it's also the case because of where we live in the time that we live in. We have access to the greatest healthcare system the world has ever seen. Yeah, it's flawed in many, many ways, but it doesn't matter. What may happen to us, whether that's a small infection or a serious injury, all of us have the ability to get to a place relatively quickly where we can be cared for by doctors who have given themselves to years of training to try to make us well, which in turn means most of us don't have to spend our lives with a chronic sickness or injuries that can't be repaired or healed, but can simply go to the doctor or the hospital anytime it is needed to get it fixed or to really see this, how many of you wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for some kind of medical treatment or medication that is keeping you alive? Anybody? Right? Grew up with severe asthma as a kid. I'm pretty sure if I didn't have an inhaler, I wouldn't have made it to the age of 10. The same goes for my daughter who has horrible asthma and wouldn't be here with us. But this is something we don't even think about because someone came up with these inhalers that keeps her alive. Alive, something we get to take for granted. And then, even though our children do nothing but complain about it, they get to go to school for free, if they so choose, from kindergarten to the 12th grade, where they not only learn the basics of reading and writing, but where they also get this foundation that they will need to eventually go on to college or trade school or whatever it is that they choose to do. But what is even more remarkable than all of that is that most of us don't just live with the basics in that we don't just have cars that get us from point A to point B. No, we have fancy cars with all the bells and whistles that make traveling a bit more comfortable. And not only do we have homes, but we have large homes with more space and stuff than we know what to do with. And in those homes, we have fancy, comfortable furniture and beds that are set up in front of our 50-inch TVs where we can watch anything we want, anytime we want, and yet still we complain there is nothing on TV. And then we have these little computers that we carry around with us everywhere we go. And if we ever have a question, what do we do? We whip it out. We get it figured out, right? Then there's clothing. In that, we don't just have a couple of outfits to wear to get us through the week. But our lives are so good, we can actually care about style or wearing fancy name brand clothing that not only covers what it needs to cover, but helps us to look good and feel good about our appearance. So when I, I use this in juxtaposition to my uh, grandfather who grew up during the depression, he had to share a pair of shoes with his two other brothers. How many of you are sharing shoes with someone else? Anybody? How many of you have more shoes than you have grandchildren? <laughs> right? Some of, that, some of that for you guys is easy, but some of you, that's a big thing. Then when it comes to school, many of us don't just get a free education until we're 18. No, because of our family wealth or because of other opportunities that are out there, we are able, in fact, even expected to attend college or some kind of school where we get to decide what we want to do for the rest of of our lives. And then there's these things called vacations, where we get to go away for a week, weeks at a time, to some destination. We live like kings taking a break from life. Then to add to that, many of us have these boats or jet skis or four-wheelers or side-by-sides or some kind of toy that on the weekends we can go out and just enjoy ourselves doing whatever it is that we want to do. Which, by the way, are all opportunities that come out of those things that we do nothing but complain about. Our jobs, that's right, most of us sitting here today have or had had jobs where we were able to make not just enough money to survive, which is the way most of the world lives, but we're able to make enough money to go out and do some of the things that we want to do. And what that puts into perspective is there's no doubt in comparison to history and in comparison to the world today, our lives are absolutely amazing, or the very thing that most people only dream about which by the way is even true for those of us who live on the bottom of the socioeconomic scale. Or in other words, even if you're considered to be poor in this country, you still live better than most of the world. Now, with all of that being said, you would think that we would be the happiest, most fulfilled people on the planet. You know, the the kind of people that simply go about doing life with a smile on our face and a pep on our step because we are the lucky ones. And yet, and yet, What you'll find by just having conversations with your friends or family is that for some reason, even though most of us have everything that we need and more, most of us are kind of miserable. And we spend a whole lot of our time complaining and worrying and being sorry for ourselves. And to put this into perspective, let's let's go back to an example that we've talked about before, but I use it again because it's so powerful of a black dot on a white sheet of paper with the white representing all that is good and right in our lives and the little black dot representing the negative and the bad things that happened well my experience is that even though most of us there are just a few small black dots in our lives surrounded by this sea of white we all seem to be really really good at focusing in on those little black dots Or for me personally, when I logically look around at my life at all that I have, all the opportunities that continue to come my way, the truth is I really do have everything I've ever dreamed of. Or to give you just a taste, I was able to convince the smartest, most beautiful and amazing girl in the world to spend her life with me, and she said yes. (laughs) And you guys aren't supposed to laugh at that. That's not supposed to be funny. Right? And then out of that relationship, out of that love, we now have these beautiful, amazing, brilliant, kind, funny creatures that we get to love and care for. And it really doesn't get any better than being a dad. When it comes to my job, I get paid well to do what it is that I think God created me to do. And even more than that, to help all of you to draw closer to God, to try to make your lives Better. We also live in an amazing house filled with all the bells and whistles. We have access to three cars, which is about to become four because our oldest is about to start driving. And it's even the case that if we ever have a need that comes up, you know, something big that we need to pay for that comes out of the blue, or if we just want to buy something fun, guess what? Our lives are so blessed that we can do even that. But why is it that even though I'm living my dream on paper, I really have everything I've ever wanted. But just like many of you, I still find myself being kind of miserable. Angry, frustrated, stressed out, depressed. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense when you look at it on paper. Except for the fact that I'm really good at only focusing in on the little black dots. Or how many of you, if you get really honest with yourselves, might just know what I'm talking about. I find it really interesting that like three people raise their hand on this. I know you people. I have conversations with you people. We like to complain about everything. Right? Okay, so so now that all of that is going on in your mind at this point, now what I want to do is I want to get into some of the reasons for why in spite of having everything, we still struggle with a bit of misery in our lives or why we're so good at focusing in on the little black dots. So one of the most powerful things that I came across when it comes to why this is the case is the truth is some of us are just born as negative Nancys. That's a technical term. You guys can quote me on that. Or genetically speaking, when it comes to how we see the world, some of us are more prone to see the negative. That's what we focus in on. Or or to put more simply, there's some people who are born with a demeanor that is always able to see the good in life. And so joy just comes easier to them. And by the way, if you're those kind of people, uh, you win. Congratulations on that deal. While for the rest of us, We're born with a demeanor where, by default, we focus in on the negative. And so misery or sadness or anger comes easier to us. Or how many of you might just be negative Nancys? It's funny no one raises their hands on that. Again, I know you people. We have conversations. Now... The other thing that I'll add to that is there's this thing called the negativity bias. And all of us have this negativity bias. And what this bias is all about is how we as humans for our survival have been programmed to focus more in on the negative and the dangerous than the positive and the safe. Which, by the way, is not necessarily a bad thing when we are in dangerous situations. In fact, it keeps us alive. But if it's something that we don't manage well, it can cause us to be miserable. Because again, all we are able to see are the little black dots. But... There's good news in all of this. Even though some of us are born as negative Nancys and all of us have this negativity bias, that doesn't mean we're stuck. It doesn't mean we can't change the way we see the world. You know, what science is revealing in which Jesus taught almost 2,000 years ago in multiple ways is we have the ability to change. We have the ability to change the way we think and feel. And the way we do this is instead of continuing to focus in on those little black dots, whatever they may be in our lives, we choose or we force ourselves to look at the sea of white that makes up our lives. Or we choose what kind of information we are going to allow into our brains. Or, or as Jesus explains it in Matthew six twenty-two through 23 so beautifully, The eye is a lamp of your body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So do you see what Jesus is getting at here, right? What we cram in is what creates the inside of who we are. So if it's darkness all the time, darkness is going to be what we live with. Or maybe to take all that complexity and make it simple, you guys know that in a sense you are what you eat, right? And that if you eat good foods, you're going to be healthier and feel better than if all you eat is candy and fast food. I mean, that's basic logic. Well, in a similar way, the same is true for what you think and what you fill your brain with. In that if all you do every single day is simply focus in on those little black dots, or if you do nothing but sit around and fill your brain with all that is bad going on in the world today, then of course the result is going to be, that no matter how good and blessed your life is, you're probably going to be a bit miserable, angry, depressed, and sad because all you see and think all day long is the negative. All you focus in on is the darkness. But of course, on the flip side of that, if you will choose, and it is a choice, people, it is a choice, to focus in on the sea of white that is your life, then what will happen is your life will get better. Don't believe me, don't believe me. Try it and see what happens. Right? What's the worst that can happen? You still are miserable, right? You started out miserable, you're miserable again. So let's that's the same thing. There's no risk here. Try it and see if it doesn't make your life better. Another powerful thing that I've come across, which is something we've talked about before, but I mention it here again because I think it's so important. And that is most people really do believe that happiness is the goal of life. Or that happiness is the destination. It's this end point that we should be doing everything in our power to attain. But what I would like to point out to you about this understanding of life is that it's just flat out wrong. In that according to the latest research, happiness is not something that you can have all of the time. No, happiness, like all of our emotions, is something that comes and goes based on all sorts of things. Then to add to that, if your main goal in life is to be happy, you're probably going to end up miserable. And all because happiness is a byproduct of doing something meaningful with your life. It can't be the goal. It can't be the destination. Or to make this simple, if your main goal in life is happiness and that everything that you are and all that you do is about getting and staying happy, what research shows, what Jesus talks about, is that ironically, you're not going to find or experience very much happiness doing it that way. Now, where you're going to find and experience the most happiness in life, which Jesus taught... 2,000 years ago, is if you devote your life to something bigger than yourself. Like helping others. Using the gifts and talents and everything that God has given to you to make a difference. It's chasing after some big life goal. Or the way that Jesus explains it is simple, and you guys know it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens when you do that? Everything else is added unto you. So stop chasing the happiness, seek the kingdom, and what you will find is what you are looking for. Okay, so so now that you're getting your brains wrapped around all of that, let me close today by sharing with you three very practical habits that have helped me, based on what we've just learned, to live a much more thankful and generous life. So habit number one, Uh, almost every single day I begin my day with prayer. Or I begin by getting plugged into the source of all things so I don't have to do life alone. But the most important thing that I do in that prayer is as a part of that prayer, I take three to five minutes and not complain and gripe about and ask God for help, which is what we normally do in prayer. I take three to, God, three to five minutes to thank God for all that is good. Right? And it's not enough time to get it all in. Hey, God, thank you for this. I can breathe. Oh, wait a minute. I don't feel pain all the time I can walk. I mean, you can do just numerous things that you can go through over and over again. And the reason I do that is not only because research ha- has proven this to be a method that will make you happier in that if you will just write out three things that you're thankful for each and every day, and you'll do it for a total of like three months, it will make your life better. That's there. But the other reason I do it, which I think is the most important, is because it's also what the Apostle Paul teaches us to do, to live into the life that is truly life. In Philippians 4, 8, and this is one of my favorite verses. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Or in other words, what I think Paul's getting at here is, hey guys, you've got to quit wasting all of your time dwelling on those little black dots in life. And instead, focus in on the good or the sea of white that is your life because you really are living the life that most people can only dream about. And then in keeping with that same logic habit, number two is, um, I stopped watching and reading all the news. But, 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 But before you guys go out the deep end thinking I'm being irresponsible because I'm not staying up to date with what's going on in the world, let me just point out to you that most of the bad stuff that we see on the news today is not something that we have the power to do anything about. So instead of making everyone else's problem my problem, I pick and choose to watch and read the news that affects my life and I leave the rest to God because God is way more qualified than I am to do what needs to be done. And let's be honest. Me sitting around worrying about something that I can do nothing about is not doing anybody any good. Right? So try that and maybe things will get a little bit better. And then last but not least, habit number three. I've stopped chasing happiness. I've stopped making happiness the goal of my life, which, by the way, is so hard to do. It's ingrained in this culture. It's, it's what we're reminded of in every commercial, right? If you want to be happy, then buy my product. So you've got to stop chasing happiness. Instead, what I have done is I've given my life to seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. And the two ways that I do that, because it's going to be different for everyone. We don't all do the same thing in our kingdom work is first of all, I devote myself to being the best father I can be, doing everything I can to support, love, and teach my girls what they need, to to go out and live great lives, which, by the way, brings me more joy than anything else. I mean, there are some times that I need to yell and scream at them too because they don't clean their rooms, the dirty dogs. But in other points, they bring me more joy than I've even known in my lifetime. And then, secondly, I've given myself to being the best minister that I can possibly be. Or I devote my life to doing all that I think God needs me to do in this time and place to help his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the amazing thing that I've discovered about these simple habits is they really have helped me find far more joy. They've helped me not to be miserable but to be thankful, even for the things that I don't like. That's the amazing thing when you start thinking in this way. And I'm able to live a life of thanksgiving instead of a life of dread. Which, by the way, is what I hope for all of you during this season of thanksgiving, in that instead of spending all your time worrying about those little black dots, you begin to look around and see that you really are one of the luckiest people to ever live in the history of the world. And it's time you started living that way. Right? Why are you so miserable all the time? Why are you so negative all the time? Why do you throw yourself a pity party once a week because the world's not fair? It's because of the way you choose to see the world. The world isn't fair, by the way. It's never going to be. But for 99% of us, we're the lucky ones. We're the lucky ones. So... The other thing that I'll point out to you is God has given us all of this not to sit around and be miserable about, but to enjoy it every single day. It is a gift, and part of what it means to enjoy and celebrate God in all that you do is you enjoy everything that he has blessed you with. So this Thanksgiving, instead of getting caught up in all the stuff that we normally get caught up in, instead of getting worried about what Uncle Fred's going to say about the election or whatever, Oh, you guys have an Uncle Fred too. Sweet. (laughs) Let's focus in on what really matters. How good and beautiful and great our lives really are. And then let's share that with everyone we encounter. That, my friends, will not only change you, it'll change the world. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you this morning because the truth is we are really, really good at focusing in on the negative. We're really, really good at finding that one black dot in our lives, which makes up like 2% and having that rule and reign over us for weeks, even years, decades at a time. So help us today, O Lord, to see that, man, you're amazing. And you've already blessed us with more than, than we know what to do with. So instead of continuing to focus in on those black dots, may we see the sea of white and enjoy every moment praising you, for all that you have given and all that you are. It's in your name and for our sake that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.